You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. Colorado Springs. Thanks for joining me, guys. While we are getting loaded up here, it's filling up pretty quickly today. Uh, must be doing this live at a good time because typically it takes a little bit to fill up, but we got a nice little audience here. Howdy, howdy. I'm going to go ahead and get my introduction out of the way before I begin, just in case you are new to my ministry. My name is Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All my books are available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. Be sure to check them out if you get some time. If you've read any of my books, please go back to Amazon and leave me a review. I get a lot of good feedback via email about my books, but most people forget to go back and leave a review. So if you have read my book, please take a couple minutes out of your day today and leave me a review on Amazon or Goodreads or Barnes and Noble, wherever you purchase the book from, go to the website, leave a uh, review, all right? I also have a podcast. Good morning, good morning, Spokane. Hey, 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 honor God's grace. Good morning, dear. Um, that's a great account to follow. If you guys are looking for a great grace-based account to follow, honor God's grace. Be sure to follow her account. It's awesome. Um, I'm recording my latest episode, my latest podcast on Instagram. This is where I record them. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, be sure to pause the podcast, leave me a review as well. If you're looking to listen to a podcast, maybe you're new to my ministry, maybe you don't know what a podcast is, a podcast is basically like on-demand radio in your pocket. So you can go to um, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of the major podcast platforms. You can search Walk Talks with Matt McMillan and you can find my podcast. I think I'm close to 200 episodes now. You can go back and listen to them. You might enjoy my podcast. So check that out. If you are listening on the podcast, pause it, leave me a review, come back. Of course, you can't do that because you're listening or watching live right now, but please do that if you're listening in the future. Now, maybe you enjoy YouTube. Maybe you like watching videos. Uh, I am on YouTube. So go check out my YouTube channel. I index everything that I do. So if you're looking for a particular topic, Bible verse, subject, maybe something you heard in church and you're like, ah, oh, that just doesn't sit right with me. I might be able to help you out with that. So go to my YouTube channel, search anything, any word. If I haven't talked about it yet, I'm getting to it. <laughs> so just give me some time. Speaking of that, I have pretty much written about every particular topic that you can think of, and you can read everything for free on my website. If you go to my website, go to the topics page, you can search anything. So I get a lot of emails about certain topics. And if you want to just save yourself an email, unless you're wanting to talk to me about something else, go to my website, go to the topics page, type in that Bible verse, type in that topic. I've written about it more than likely, okay? Um, and I might be able to help you refocus on who Jesus is, what he accomplished through, his, through the death at the cross and through his death at the cross and through his resurrection out of the tomb. So I want you to be confident in who Jesus is. That's my ministry. If I can get you to refocus on Jesus, who he is, what he's done, but not just that, what he has done to you, to you, not just for you, which is forgive you. That's just one part of the gospel. The other part of the gospel is you are a new creation. You have God's divine nature. 
you don't have a sinful nature. The word sinful nature are not in the Bible. And I've talked about that in great detail in the past. When you first hear this, and you can watch all my past walk talks on that, listen to him just really quickly. I've also written about it ad nauseum. The word sinful nature are not in the Bible. That was a mistranslation by the NIV. They have since changed it back. Why? Because you don't have a sinful nature. You have God's divine nature. When you first hear this, you think I'm saying, well, Matt's saying people don't sin. Oh no, you sin. But you don't have to have a sinful nature to sin. Did Adam and Eve sin? Yes. <laughs> but did they have a sinful nature? No. They were originally created in God's image. So my ministry is focused on not just what Jesus has done through the cross and resurrection, because most of our churches, it, it, it's not a big deal at all. Jesus? Oh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Jesus. I want to make a bigger deal Jesus. Okay? That's what my ministry is focused on. Once you understand the big deal about Jesus, you're also going to understand the big deal about you. What he has done to you. Not just not just for you, which is forgive you at the cross, but to you, which has caused you to become new. Your old self died. You got a new self. Romans 6, Colossians 2, Colossians 3, Galatians 2. It's all over in the New Testament epistles that you are new. So I want you to be confident in who Christ is, who you are. Our modern church, for the most part, does not do that. They mix the covenants. They apply scriptures describing unbelievers to a believer. You're never good enough, and you never will be. You're a disgusting, rotten individual who is struggling while you're here on earth, and you might sneak into heaven, and you might get paid, or you might not get paid. Just all depends on what you, all that trash. I want to get it off the table, and I want to put Jesus back in the center, and I want to put you, who is in Christ as a new creation, right there as well. Because there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> so I want you to separate your who from your do. Even when you do and say stupid stuff or you do and say stupid things or, you know, you're not stupid. You're not sinful. You sin, but you are a holy saint who sometimes sin, sins. You are not a sinner who sometimes saints. Every passage describing a sinner is describing somebody who has not believed God. That is what a sinner is. According to scripture, a sinner is not what you do. A sinner is what you have believed about God. Before the cross, that was, what have you believed about Yahweh? Are you trusting him? After the cross, what have you believed about his son? Okay. All of these things are just ignored by most of our churches. If you follow my ministry, read my stuff, watch my videos, listen to my podcast. I am going to help you have confidence in Jesus. So when you message me, what about this? I'm going to point back to Jesus. Yeah, but this, yeah, yeah, but Jesus. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a license to sin. Nobody needs a license. Everybody sins every day, all day without a license. Oh, this sounds like you're abusing God's grace. <laughs> abusing God's grace would be like abusing oxygen. I am breathing in oxygen every second of the day. Am I abusing oxygen? No. Oxygen is my life, so to speak. Grace is your life, so to speak. Jesus is your life, so to speak. But our modern church will not teach you this. It is about 
your behavior. <laughs> it is about, mm, it is about everything but Jesus. Jesus is just trickled in on Christmas and Easter or every once in a while. You don't hear about him. Every scripture that they talk about is not talked about in the light of what Christ has accomplished. Now you can continue to subject yourself to that. That's your freedom. <laughs> and I did for years. And who knows, I might wake up next week and say, oh, I think I'm going to start going here or there. That's up to you. That's your freedom. But there is nothing in scripture which commands you to continue to subject yourself to a covenant mixture theology, a king kingdom setup <laughs> where Christ is nothing more than a mascot to the building, to the behavior improvement program, to so-and-so's syllabus, to sermons. The word sermon is not in the Bible. Even sermon on the mount. You're like, well, how are we supposed to know God? The same way we always have through his spirit. You can go and subject yourself to hearing sermons, which is a monologue created by the Greek sophists 250 years before Jesus, influenced through the early church fathers, and then solidified through the Reformation. And if that is not focused on Jesus, you are subjecting yourself to a ministry of death and condemnation. What's going to happen if you continue to subject yourself to that? Sinning. You're going to sin more. <laughs> You know, and if you want to keep doing it, that's up to you. I'm not saying you should stop, you should start, but just really quickly. <laughs> you know, if you decide to go to church, I'm not saying stop. If you decide to stop going to church, I'm not saying to stop. I'm saying, what is the message about? And that is what a lot of my walk talk is going to be about today. Where did Bible colleges come from? So let's get to today's walk talk. Where did Bible colleges come from? Okay, now, let me preface this walk talk by saying this. If you have attended a Bible college, a Bible university, a Bible school, okay, <laughs> great, good for you. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm not trying to belittle that. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. When I talk about church history stuff, I am trying to get to the why is it like this? Where did it come from? If it's so prevalent, but yet there's nobody in scripture who has an education, a formal education that Jesus chose anyway to follow him. Why is it that as a child of God, as a Christian, once you believe you get a laundry list of stuff to do, <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of times, especially somebody like me who has a salesman-like personality, who's very good at sales, that's my job, who is good at communicating, we get pressured to do what other people want us to do. I don't know how often I've heard, you need to become a pastor. I don't know how often you need to start a church. I don't know how often you need to go to seminary. That way it can be official. I don't know how often I hear, you, or I have heard, I haven't heard it in a while. You need to go to Bible college too. Why? Why do I get this laundry list? Because that's what that individual sees in me. And whether or not I decide to do that, that's my own prerogative. God doesn't pressure me to do any of that stuff. God doesn't <laughs> pressure me to increase my biblical knowledge. If I decide to study the Bible, that's because I want to do it. 
There's nothing in the Bible that tells anybody you have to be formally educated. In fact, the opposite. Now, if you, re if you read, if you listen to my last walk talk, where did seminaries come from? I dive very deep into that. I'm not going to do that today. But today, I want to talk about Bible colleges. I'm not saying anything bad about them. Okay, I'm talking about history. I want, I want you to understand the history behind lots of stuff. Because if you can understand the history behind lots of stuff, then it's going to ease your mind. Then you're going to be able to enjoy the quality of your life on a greater level. <laughs> Enjoying your life better is the whole point of the gospel. Even me saying that, you're like, <clears throat> your conscience might be seared on the opposite. Oh, no, you got to this. You think that because of what you've been taught. But the gospel is clear. Jesus' yoke is easy, burden-free, and light. He came to give you life, not death. Okay? The world gives you death. The world puts pressure on you. People put pressure on you. Satan, demons, your old coping mechanisms, the flesh. Not your flesh, but the flesh. God doesn't do any of that. So a red flag for you should be anytime I feel pressure, where is this pressure coming from? Why am I feeling it? And what should I do about it? When it comes to having a formal education, that is not coming from God. If you decide to get a formal education, that is your Christian liberty to do so. So the first seminary, let's talk about the first seminary for just a moment because the first seminary, a lot of people think seminary and Bible colleges or Christian universities are the same thing. They're not the same thing. So let's talk about seminaries real quick. So just the cliff notes, the first Catholic seminary was founded in the late 16th century and it was a rebuttal or a way to fire back against the extremely university trained Protestant pastors. So before this, the Catholic Church only trained about 25% of their priests. Once the Protestant Reformation happened, and these Protestants were very, very well studied because of being Harvard trained, Yale trained, university trained, the first Catholic seminary was created. Catholic seminary, late 16th century, okay? now. The Protestant seminary, the first Protestant, which is non-Catholic seminary, began in the late 18th century. I think it was 1780-something 17, to 1809, somewhere around there, just depending on who you believe. It's, it's cloudy. But that's when the first Protestant seminary began. Late 18th century, early 19th century, okay? Seminary is not Bible college. Bible college is different. So the first Bible college was not established until the 1880s. So you can say Bible university, Bible college, Bible school. So the first Bible college was established by people who were heavily influenced by London pastors, H.G. Guinness and Charles Spurgeon. So when they started the first Bible college, it began in New York in the 1880s. And then in that same decade, the second Bible college 
was established in Chicago. So when you get into Bible colleges, Bible colleges are not seminaries. Seminaries are specifically designed to train clergy, whether it's Catholic or Protestant, to have extremely great biblical exegesis training. It is a way for you to basically memorize the Bible and be able to break down every single word. That way you can refute those who come against you. <laughs> and also theology. And it all depends on the theology of that actual school. Most of the seminaries do not teach New Covenant theology, which is the only covenant available. It is a covenant mixture theology. Blah, blah, blah. It is a covenant mixture theology. And when you get into extremely educated people who mix the covenants, that is a very demonic place to be, in my opinion. There, mm, there, I'm getting triggered right now. There is nothing, in my opinion, there is nothing worse when it comes to the Christian community than somebody who looks to their formal education and mixes the covenants and then is in a position of leadership. Because I have this certificate on my wall, I am correct. Because I know more verses than you, I am correct. But yet when they are not trained based on what Christ accomplished at the cross, and they go back into the Judaic scriptures and they finagle them and they put old wine and new wineskins and patch, sew a new patch of garment on old clothing. All of these bad things happen. Covenant mixture theology. That's what happens. That's what happens at seminary most of the time, okay? Most of the time, not always. Not always. But when you look through who Jesus picked, he picked everybody who was uneducated. A bunch of fishermen, a tax collector, and Judas was a treasurer. That was the extent of it. He didn't pick Nicodemus. He didn't pick Caiaphas. He didn't pick any of these other Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law. The lawyers, those who were trying to trap him in his words. And he knew all the scriptures just like they did. Even the scribes. The formally educated was not picked by Jesus. And again, let me take a side note over here. If you are formally educated, if your gift is extreme intelligence, I'm not saying that's bad. I have very close friends who are extremely smart. <laughs> very, very intelligent. But they understand the new covenant. And they express that. They use that gift of extreme intelligence to love people, not dominate them with knowledge. They use that gift of extreme intelligence to talk about what Christ actually accomplished at the cross, through the cross and the resurrection, and then also who you are. They use that intelligence to express Christ. They don't use that intelligence to cause you harm. And I know you guys listen to my podcast. I know you watch my lives. I love you guys. I'm not going to name names today, but you know who you are because I have pointed out just how extremely smart you are. And your gift 
that God has given you to be able to memorize certain things and be able to articulate that, I love it. You know, it builds me up. But then we got the opposite where people say, you know, I'm seminary trained, therefore I am correct. But yet they mix everything that happened before the cross and after the cross. So when we get to Bible colleges, Bible colleges are not seminaries. Bible colleges, here's, what, here's the reason why Bible, Bible colleges started, started. The first Bible college was established for a handful of reasons. First of all, it was established because of the extreme influx of new converts due to revivalism. So revivalism started in the late 16th century, late 17th century, somewhere around there. It's been a while since I've talked about revivalism. But revivalism, and the word revival is not in the Bible, but revivalism created superstars who went from city to city to city, notching up tallies of converts. And they did a lot of stuff, which is contrary to the gospel, but yet is now interwoven into the fabric of most of our church liturgies, church services. But revivalism caused a lot of people to become Christians, whether it was fly-by-night salvation or, you know, you believe and then you didn't know what to do and you were just abandoned by that revivalist, no community, no family, no fellowship, just boom, you're saved, see you later. There were a lot of new Christians. So due to revivalism, and if you want to know more about revivalism, search YouTube, search the word revival. I've done several walk talks about the history of revivals. I think it's going to help you out. But when revivalism was in its heyday, there were a lot of new Christians, a lot of new converts. Now, whether or not they were saved based on fear or not, that's not what I'm talking about. Whether or not they were saved based on improper coercion that's not what i'm talking about i'm saying there's new christians okay you can be saved through error god doesn't care how you are saved as long as you have trusted jesus and then from then on out you mature you learn you grow so a whole nother walk talk and i could just talk about that for another hour but revivalism due to so many new converts bible colleges were created so Bible colleges were created to train new Christian converts. Not for seminary, not for leadership, <laughs> but just so you knew some stuff. Okay? Bible colleges are pretty much a Christian liberal arts school combined with a biblical institute you go there and you take classes on christian stuff you go there and you know that the addendum or the syllabus or whatever that word is is going to be based on christian stuff it is basically a christian option for college okay so at bible colleges you went there just so you could learn more about the bible just so you could learn more about christianity now, whether or not that school taught you the difference in the Old and New Covenants, maybe whether that school was totally focused on behavior or not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying overall, the Christian 
Bible college, the Bible college, was originally created as an option for a Christian to have further education apart from secular education. So in the mid 18 in the mid 19th century in 1850s or so so on and so forth in that time frame universities and major colleges started to become very liberal. Now as these universities began to lean toward liberal theology and away from air quote Christian values which I don't even like doing that because <laughs> There's a lot of people who look to Christian values <laughs> and they don't look to Jesus whatsoever. So that's not what this walk talk is about. But my point is the overall message turned away from Christianity towards stuff that was not Christianity. And as a result, the original founders of the first Bible college in New York City founded that college because they wanted to have an option for Christians which was based on Christianity to further their education. Okay, so that's where it began. Now, when these Bible colleges started, it was meant to train missionaries, regular people, um, church planters, parachurch members, parachurch planters. It wasn't, if you got your seminary degree and you went to Bible college, you know, that really puts you up... <laughs> in a higher position in a lot of different places, but they're different, okay? A lot of people today will go to Christian universities, Bible colleges, they have no plans on being in any type of ministry. That's what a Bible college is. It is not seminary. And when the first one was established in the 1880s, another one was established in that same decade, and one in New York, one in Chicago, and as of today, I think there are, what's the stat I read on this? 400 Christian Bible colleges? 400 Bible colleges. 400. I'm not saying that's bad, I'm not saying that's good, but I'm saying there's a lot of them now. In U.S. and Canada. I'm sure there's more worldwide. Now, if you want to dive deeper into these type of subjects, if you want to know more about church history, if you want to know why do we see what we see today, if this is nowhere in the Bible, there's a couple different books I want to recommend to you. First of all, there's a book by Frank Viola and George Barna called Pagan Christianity. So check out Pagan Christianity. You know, I, I've read this book and I always go back to it. It is an excellent read. It is not a church bashing book. It talks about the history. Now, I give you some of their cliff notes in some of my walk talks, but if you really want to dive deep in all this stuff, read that book. And then there's another book, and that's Pagan Christianity. And it actually has a question mark. So, Pagan Christianity? <laughs> so, they just dive deep into church history. Okay, that's all it is. Now, and it's a very entertaining read as well. It's not like, oh my God, this is so boring. No, it's like you're not going to be able to put the book down. Okay, and then there's another book, which is which was actually written after this individual read Pagan Christianity, and it's called A Church Building Every Half Mile by John Zins. So check that out as well. Both great books. And then there's a podcast that I always recommend. A good friend of mine, Mike Adams, he has a podcast called The Unsunday Show. He is a former institutional pastor. And when I say institutional, I'm talking about just your regular church. 
um, and he has, you know, he understands the new covenant. Now, Frank Viola, George Barna, as well as John Zins, they don't really talk about the new covenant a whole lot, but I love their style. So check that out. So where did Bible colleges come from? It was created in the 19th century by a couple people who were influenced by H.G. Guinness and our G.H. Guinness, whatever his name is, a London pastor, then of course the famous Charles Spurgeon. And it was an option because there were a huge influx of new converts because of Christianity and uh, the revivalism brought that on. So hope this has brought to light some church history for you guys today and maybe it's brought you a peace of mind and and maybe helped you understand that it's a lot simpler than you think as to why we see what we see today and if somebody gets angry at you for talking about church history that's a red flag for you to just realize they're angry about something that they are finding their identity in and you don't have to subject yourself to that you also don't have to respond to that okay all right, guys, always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? You're righteous, you're holy, you're blameless, you're a new creation, you're a child of God, and you are awesome. So always tell the truth about yourself. Always be yourself. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.